This scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on November the 5th, 2023. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. for today, All Saints Days, written in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 5. Glory to When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Let's pray. Lord, sanctify us, make us holy in the truth. And your word is truth and makes us holy. Amen. Please be seated. Well, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today's an opportunity to pause and to remember and to give thanks for those who've gone before us in the faith, the saints of God. It's a tender day as we especially remember those close to us, uh, close in this particular congregation and close in our family and friends. Now celebrating All Saints Day uh, begs the question, um, what is a saint? And Karen uh, kindly opened that up for us a little. There's a clue, of course, in the name saint, uh, which is derived from Latin sanctus, which means holy person, a holy person. So maybe we should call this Holy Persons Day. Indeed, both the Old and the New Testaments use their word for holy for saints when referring to a saint, kadosh in Hebrew and hagios in Greek. So that, of course, begs the question, what does holy mean? It's not a word we use every day, is it? Holy. And, of course, how do you become holy? Well, we'll look at this sh shortly, but first a little bit of history. What about All Saints Day itself and how did it develop? Well, right from the beginning of the church, we know that Christians were persecuted uh, straight after Pentecost, even killed or martyred for their faith. Stephen was the first... Uh, we hear about in Acts chapter 7, uh, and Peter, yes, and Paul too, and many others followed 
later on, dying at the hands of those who opposed them. Now, opposition uh, wasn't um, the same everywhere at all times, but it burst out in particular places uh, and persecutions of differing length and different kinds of severity. The Romans saw allegiance to Caesar, uh, allegiance to Christ, I should say, as a threat to Caesar because Christians confessed Jesus as Lord and held to only one true God when really everybody else in that society at that time was polytheist, believing in many different gods, easily able to include the Roman gods in their worship uh, if necessary and to say Caesar is Lord as well. So emperors demanded an oath of allegiance to Caesar and their gods, which many Christians refused, of course. Persecution followed, with Christians banned from meeting together, their property sometimes confiscated, and yes, even cruel execution. Church leaders were particularly targeted. Like second century Polycarp, he is an early icon of Polycarp, Bishop of the church in Smyrna, which is in eastern Turkey. He was arrested and brought before the governor in a stadium where the oath-taking was administered. I suppose it was like you know, a local election being called, except you all had to go to this place to take your oath of allegiance when the governor did his rounds. Well, Polycarp refused to say that Caesar is Lord. And the governor, seeing Polycarp as an elderly man, tried to persuade him to change his mind. Polycarp continued to refuse, though. But the governor pressed him, saying, swear and I'll release you. Curse Christ. But again, Polycarp refused, saying, for 86 years I've served him and he's done me no wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king? Who saved me? Well, when uh, the governor threatened wild beasts, Polycarp said, bring them on. And when he said he'd burned because of his stubbornness, Polycarp answered this way, the fire you threaten burns for a time and is soon extinguished, but there's a fire you know nothing of, the fire of the judgment to come of eternal punishment, the fire reserved for the ungodly. But why do you hesitate? Do what you wish. And so the governor did burn him alive right there and then. And it was the 23rd of February, AD 155 or 156. Well, you can imagine the terror for Polycarp's church, its members frightened for their lives. What will now come next for them? But also amazed at their pastor's Strength of faith, refusing to denounce the Lord even though he was killed for it. So they carefully recorded what happened that day. It's why we know what Polycarp said straight after they carefully wrote it down. And every year after that, on the 23rd of February, they remembered him, St Polycarp's Day. Just one example of how individual saints' days came about. Well, eventually, November the 1st, and of course we celebrated on the Sunday following, was set aside to remember all who died for the faith. 
while still keeping some of the particular death days for prominent Christians as well. So you can see where that use of the word saint comes from. But sadly, as the church moved into the Middle Ages, a whole cult of saints arose with the idea that their especially good works, as they no doubt were prominent in, were transferable to ordinary Christians for credit to their account too, as if God keeps a ledger of these things. So relics and prayers and all sorts of observances drowned out the clear work, not of the saint, but of Christ. Drowned out the clear work of Christ and his role as our only Saviour and Lord. This is what Luther and the other reformers revolted against once the light of the Gospel uh, had been recovered. But the Reformation also brought something else, a new appreciation of the sainthood of every Christian person, every Christian person, with holiness bestowed by God as a gift of grace, not obtained through one means or another from somebody else, as a gift of grace, the flip side of forgiveness. If you wash a dirty garment, it becomes clean, but you can also purify it with bleach. It's a different process. God not only washes away the guilt of our sin, but he makes us holy by his holiness. Reading the Bible through, Luther saw quite clearly that the Apostle Paul addressed all the Christians that he was writing to as saints. You know, he begins his, his book, his, his letters, you know, to all the saints in Ephesus and so on, in Rome, in, uh, in Corinth and in Philippi too, including the ones not living such particularly good lives but still needing to grow in their holiness, the holiness that God had given them because he goes on to write then about how they can improve their life of holiness. So clearly then from God's point of view through the pen of St Paul, all Christians are holy, both living and dead, whether heroic or not. And of course that then comes back to the question, well what does holy really mean and how do people become holy? Well, God makes it clear that he alone is holy, God alone is holy and that his holiness separates himself from us because of our sin. It's the reason Adam and Eve had to leave the Garden of Eden. Sin and holiness don't mix. The reason God told Moses too not to come nearer when he, he saw the burning bush and why God later told him that no one can see God's face and live. That'll be like expecting a piece of paper to survive a trip to the sun. It just can't happen. The Bible goes on to tell us too what God does about this problem, this separation eventually sending his eternal and holy indeed son with his holiness completely masked, covered, hidden in human flesh so that he can get up close and personal with us still in his holiness. And of course in the process Jesus takes the dirt of our sin onto himself, destroying it there giving us his holiness in return, starting with a wonderful gift of baptism and then refreshing it over and over again uh, 
in the means of grace, the means of holiness, we could call it, as we hear his holy word and believe it and as we receive his holy supper, passing on his holiness to us when we receive in faith. As one writer says, God's holiness is joined with his love, yet it's distinct from it. His holiness creates distance from us. His love conquers that distance. God reveals himself as both exclusive and inclusive, unapproachable and approachable, transcendent and condescending. And all of that comes to us, of course, through Jesus, whom both the demons and Peter confess as the Holy One of God. And as we proclaim too throughout our service in things like the Holy, Holy, Holy in the liturgy. The Reformation's great rediscovery was that Jesus enables us to come into God's holy presence without being destroyed. People can do whatever they like to us, they can deride us, they can treat us like dirt, but our status as God's holy people remains. This is what the great saints knew and lived by, even to the point of death with great courage. So today, in particular, we remember departed saints known to us personally, whenever it was that they died. And we remember them primarily on the basis of God's great grace to them through Jesus, putting them on a journey of learning about and living out His holiness, the gift of holiness from Him. Not just safe with God, but also, being, but also purified by Him. So whatever those we remember were like in this life, good, bad or indifferent. I certainly knew, knew Ray and uh, where are you, Karen? Well, he was a bit of a rascal, Ray. Uh, um, he was a bit of a rascal. However far they'd advanced in the Lord's discipleship workshop as he keeps working on us in this life, well, they've been loved by God into eternity for Jesus' sake and are now his saints in glory, in glory. Indeed, for them, the Beatitudes, those great promises of blessing uh, that Jesus gave us in the Gospel, for them, they're forever fulfilled. Theirs now is the Kingdom of Heaven through Jesus' perfect poverty of spirit. Theirs now is all comfort through Jesus' mourning and grief over all that's wrong with the world and his suffering death for it too. Theirs now is full inheritance through Jesus' self-emptying humility. Theirs is complete intellectual and spiritual satisfaction, all that yearning now satisfied through Jesus' absolute integrity and pursuit of all righteousness. Theirs now is abundant mercy for every need through Jesus' uh, merciful self-giving. Theirs now is the joy of seeing God astonishingly face to face through Jesus' purity of heart and conquering of all temptation. Theirs now is happy and harmonious life in the family of God through Jesus who won forgiveness and peace for everyone. Theirs is life restored as God always inherited it, intended it through Jesus, who himself bore persecution to death on the cross 
for all the abuse and the sin ever committed. That's the blessedness of our loved ones now, for which we praise God and remember uh, them today. And that too is God's vision and his promise for you, dear brothers and sisters, for us. As we continue here with each other and with our neighbours, not just of our own nation, of course, and tribe and people and language, but as John's vision shows, from every ethnicity, every denomination, every gender identity, every other category we come up with. Our times are turning against a comfortable accommodation of those who confess Jesus as Lord. And like Polycarp and his congregation, we too are being challenged to fall into line with a sinful and idolatrous culture. But Jesus is Lord of these times too, and of all his saints, not only those in heaven, but here among us as well. So, and he stays loyal to you, no matter what. Now the peace of God that does come with his holiness parts and passes all our understanding, keep your hearts and minds safe in Jesus Christ, our holy God. Amen.